Welcome to Dayspring, the program that teaches that Jesus is our hope. In 1 Peter 1, he gives us a living hope. He said, look, your hope is alive because Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead. I was there. I saw the empty tomb. I touched him. I ate with him. And I walked with him. Yes, my friend, we're born into the family of God with a living hope because we see him through our mind's eye. We've walked with him through his word. And our spirits have touched Him. He's alive in our hearts and lives today. And today we're going to get a fresh glimpse of the risen Lord. That's the title of today's message by Rex Bullock, recorded live from the pulpit. That message is straight ahead on Dayspring, along with our regular visit with Rex. But right now, let's enjoy music by the singers. Come and see the beauty
And now, here's your friend and mine, Rex Bullock. My, wasn't that worship absolutely beautiful? <laughs> I love the worship here on Day Spring. In fact, I just enjoy our entire time together. This is a worship service. Oh, I understand it's uh, 30 minutes in length, but it's a time when you and I can lift our hands and our voices and our hearts in praise to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And He is risen. Absolutely, He's risen. And today, I'm going to be talking about a fresh glimpse of the risen Christ. Do you remember those two men who were on the road uh, to Emmaus from Jerusalem after the resurrection? Well, they were downcast. They were, uh, hey, their speech was uh, pretty dull. Their hearts were heavy. They they were just uh, in a bad shape. In fact, they were sad. But Jesus came along, and uh, pretty soon their hearts burned within them. I'm going to talk about what happens when we see Jesus, when we get a fresh glimpse of him. You'll want to be around for that. And say, my friend, during this month, the month of Easter, we're still making available to you this tremendous Max Licado book. He did this just for you, what God did to win your heart. Max Licato is uh, an all-time best-selling author. We love his material. I've read so many of his books, and every one of them have been an inspiration to me. Now, we want to put this in your hands. Will you order your copy today? Please do it. And there are a, a variety of ways to do that. So don't hesitate. Order today. Joe Alcorn will tell you how that you can claim your copy. Say, my friend, we need to hear from you. It's only as we truly partner together that Dayspring can reach around the world. So many of you who are regular listeners and worshipers here in Dayspring know that I have just come from a tremendous crusade in Fiji. Well, Fiji is not the only country in which Dayspring is broadcast. We're broadcast in a number of countries around the world. And it's only as you and I together work hand-in-hand that this is possible. So would you join with us not only in prayer, but in financial giving? Make it possible so that Dayspring can continue to reach out. Say, I love the music. I always enjoy our times together, but I'm preparing my heart for what God has to say to us today through his word. Here's Joe Alcorn with our address. Thank you, Rex. I'm happy to tell our listening friends how they can receive their copy of the book, He Did This Just For You by Max Lucado. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 56300, Portland, Oregon 97238. That's P.O. Box 56300, Portland, Oregon 97238. And you can also order by telephone, toll free. Here's the number, 1-800-783-DAYS, 1-800-783-DAYS. We'd also like to give you Rex's new email address. Now write this down, it's brand new. It's rex at dayspringradio.com. That email address again is rex at dayspringradio.com. And now, today's message by Rex is a two-part series entitled, A Fresh Glimpse of the Risen Lord. Here's part one. I want to read to you some post-resurrection scripture. It's after the resurrection. We celebrated his resurrection last week. 
This morning, I want us to look at St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, and then hold your New Testaments open, if you will, because we're kind of going to make a journey. Let's go to verse 13 of St. Luke, chapter 24. Verse 13 begins, Now that same day two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. I, I just mentioned to you a few moments ago that this is post-resurrection scripture. This comes following the resurrection of Jesus. He's alive. It's happened just as he said. Nothing is out of place. Nothing is contrary. Everything took place just as Jesus himself had told his disciples that it would. And now, in the light of his resurrection, how are these disciples behaving? What are they doing? How are they acting? Well, in the portion that I read, you get a glimpse of at least two of them. They're not the only ones. I want to just look at how these disciples reacted and responded to the resurrection. What did they do? How did they, how did they view all of these events? And in looking at this, maybe you and I can garner some things that would be helpful for us as disciples of the resurrected Christ. 
He is alive this morning, friends. And you and I can live fully in His resurrected power. Now the question is, how are we living? What are we doing? Well, let's look at how some of these disciples were living. Go back with me to the very last chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel, if you will, which would be Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. I want to show you something that's kind of interesting here. Matthew 28, it says, After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. That verse doesn't really seem to be very uh, profound, does it? Nothing big there. No big thing. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week. Does that tell you anything? It's the first day of the week. It's dawning on the Sabbath. Jesus has been in the tomb now. This is the third day. What has he told them that would happen? He would not be there. He would be risen. He would be gone. Now here are these women going to the tomb. And in the other synoptic gospels, you get the wording that they are going not expecting to see him alive and risen and gone. They're going that morning with linens draped over their arms. They're going with spices in their hands. They're going with their backs rather bent. And they're going downcast to minister to take care of the body of a dead Lord. They're going to see the tomb. They plan on entering into that tomb to take care of a Christ who had already told them he wouldn't be there. You know what I call them? I call them tomb seekers and sepulcher hunters. Hey, they're great people. You cannot fault these individuals. They're, they're just... As I mentioned to you last week, they're charter members of First Church. They're great people. They're fabulous. No, no fault with them. But you see, they're going out of a sense of duty and loyalty and love for a Christ that in their minds is still dead. They're going to perform a ritual. They're going... Not feeling very good about it. They're, they're talking among themselves, wondering how in the world they're going to get the stone rolled away. And here they go, surveying the tomb, looking at the sepulcher, wondering what's going to take place. Loyal, yes. Great people, yes. But just not living the alive life. They don't see the risen Christ. You know, it really 
reminds me of a lot of places that I've been around the country on Sunday mornings to see disciples who come. They come to the tomb as they were. I mean, it's a little different shape. It may have a steeple on top of it. It may have, uh, you know, uh, pews inside or stained glass or whatever else. But they're coming with linens draped over their arms and spices to uh, kind of take care of a dead Lord. They're there, rather mournful, a, a little just uh, sort of weepy. And, uh, you know, we're here. And uh, they're going through the ritual and going through the routine. But in, in point of fact... There's not something that is buoying them upward. There's not something that, that causes them to be alive. They fail to see the risen Lord. They're coming in. Their eyeballs are sort of glazed over. Their eyelids are drooping a little bit. They uh, sort of mumble in their uh, words, you know, when it comes to singing joyous songs. He turned our morning into dancing. They're sort of... You get the point? These disciples weren't looking for a risen Christ. They're just going through the motions. Wow. Maybe I better move on. Let's hope there's some good things here. All right. Well, go with me to the last chapter of Mark's gospel. Mark, just one gospel passage over the very last chapter, which would be chapter 16. And verse 1 says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Here they are. They're on their way up to that garden tomb. And as they go, they're saying one to another, I wonder how in the world we're going to get this stone rolled away. And Mary Magdalene says to Salome, Man, don't look at me. I'm not big enough to roll this thing away. <laughs> I don't have enough power. And they start looking at each other and thinking maybe that together they can roll that stone away. And then, they, you know, they, man, this is too big. We can't do it. And the very fact is they're looking at each other or they're looking down. It's obvious that they're not looking up because if they had been looking up and looking ahead, you know what they would have seen? Stone's already been rolled away. It's already taken care of. Just as Jesus said it would be. You see, all that they saw were the obstacles. All that they could see were the things that were looming out there that were too big for them. You know what happens when you and I fail to live in the light of the resurrection? When we fail to see the living Christ, you know what we, what we see? All the obstacles, don't we? It all looks too big. Life itself gets to be a maze. We wonder how we're going to work it out. We wonder what's going to happen next. And we get all concerned and upset. 
wondering how in the world we're going to roll away the stone. And the very fact is, the stone's already been rolled away. It's already rolled away. It's already taken care of. It's not something you and I have to worry about. Jesus is alive and the stone has been rolled away. But if we fail to see the living Christ, if we fail to live in the light of the resurrection, you know what will happen? All the obstacles will overcome us. And pretty soon you just throw up your hands and say, I can't do this. I'm not big enough. I'm not smart enough. Wow. Well, maybe we better get out of there and move on. Because surely there's some good things that happen to these disciples. Let's just see what else. Uh, go with me over to where we started this morning, which was Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. And uh, there's something interesting here on the first day of the week. And now this is, this is verse 1. Very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Is this a surprise? <laughs> he told them he wouldn't be there. The stones rolled away and they walk in there. He's gone. He's not there. This is marvelous, friends. This is time for dancing. This is time for shouting, isn't it? I mean, if you and I had walked into that tomb, if on the road up there we had expected the stone to be in place, and we get there and it's gone, and we walk in and he's not here, I mean, what do you think we would have done? You think we would have done a, a neat little... Nazarene two-step around the place or, or kind of a holy foxtrot or something like that? Do you think we'd have, you know, been really doing our thing? Huh? Sure we would have, I guess, wouldn't we? I mean, after all, Christ is risen, don't you think? Well, isn't that what they did? Look and see. I mean, they get there. They, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, and if you read from a King James text, it said while they were perplexed. <laughs> Can you believe it? I mean, here, here are disciples. Here, here are the best people in the world. And... And the stones rolled away, and they're standing around the tomb. And instead of dancing, instead of, of kind of whopping one another on the back and saying, Wow, he's gone, just like he said. He's not here. Isn't this marvelous? They're shaking. They're quaking. They're wondering. They're perplexed. They're saying, What's going to happen next? We're all alone. He's gone. Hmm. What happens when you fail to see the risen Christ? Not only are you a tomb seeker and a sepulcher hunter just going out of loyalty, not only are all the obstacles looming large, but I tell you, there's perplexity, there's wonderment. Our Father, I just pray that as we see that you're alive in our lives, 
whatever may be confronting us, that we'll put it all into perspective, that we'll put it all into your hands. And for all that, we do give you praise and honor and glory. Amen. Thank you, Rex. In the closing moments, I invite you to write down our address and toll-free telephone number to order the very special book by Max Locato called He Did This Just For You, as you prayerfully and financially support this outreach ministry. Our address, Post Office Box 56300, Portland, Oregon 97238, and our toll-free telephone number 1-800-783-DAYS. Well, next time, Rex gives us part two of A Fresh Glimpse of the Risen Lord. Please join us now on behalf of all of us here at Dayspring. Goodbye until next week at this same time on this fine station for Dayspring. I will obey you, Lord, whatever. I will